Welcome back into the Lacrosse Tribune Prep Football Podcast. My name is Colton Bartholomew, a reporter here at the Tribune, and I am joined by Todd Sommerfeld, the assistant sports editor here, as long or as well as the prep sports editor. And we're talking about the MSHSL Class AA semifinal in football between Caledonia, the three-time defending state champion, versus Painesville area, a team that played in this exact spot last season up at U.S. Bank Stadium. Game is at 2 o'clock on Thursday. Todd will be there along with Zach James grabbing video and doing a lot of other stuff for the Tribune. So make sure you're staying tuned on uh, lacrossetribune.com all throughout Thursday afternoon. Uh, stuff's going to be posted and updated throughout that. Uh, Todd's Twitter, Summerfell LAX, will have everything, all the bases covered for Caledonia's semifinal tomorrow. Um, yes, we will. Yep, so we're going to break that game down, <clears throat> kind of the, the couple of the key matchups, uh, the key things for the Warriors trying to get back to the state championship game for a fourth year in a row, which is just just crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then um, we'll also talk about kind of the process that we're going to be going through as a staff in the next couple of weeks here as we get uh, our All-Tribune football team together and kind of just take you behind the curtain a little bit about the information that we go through uh, as we make that team because – as or you know, in opposition to so what some people think, we don't just pick and choose out of thin air. We there is a process we go through. We do, you know, actually have some things that we like to check off to make sure kids yeah. get the recognition uh, if they deserve it. So, all right, let Todd, let's just jump into the Caledonia game here. We've got Caledonia versus Painesville. Caledonia coming on a fifty-two game win streak. Uh, we talk about them almost every week. Just. It's unbelievable the consistency that they have coming into games. And then we've, we've go, both got their stats in front of us. And you see the big numbers from Noah King, both passing and rushing. And then uh, you've got Stagemeyer uh, running the ball, too. You've got Beardmore, Miners, all these type of guys that have had brothers play before and oh, yeah. have been uh, part of it. And now they're you know, getting their chance to be a big part of this run just – what do you think Caledonia has to do uh, tomorrow afternoon to just continue this run and get back to the state championship game? Show up and beat Caledonia. <laughs> right. Uh, it sounds it's 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 we're not trying to mock. No, how, we're no. not trying to mock another team. It's just that's how good Caledonia is. That's the level they've gotten themselves to. Whereas if they play well, it is so hard to beat Caled- to beat them. Yeah, I mean we've seen it for years now. Uh, this is their their twelfth state semifinal since two thousand five. Think about <laughs> so, that. Um, and when I say just go there and beat Caledonia, we, we've seen Caledonia go up against teams that have throttled, you know, nine, 10, 11 opponents in a row and can't do anything against Caledonia's defense. It, it's just happened year after year. And it, it just shows the level at which they play. You, you go to these things, whether it's at us bank or, you know, any of the other venues that they've had them in recent years, um, and it's always interesting just to go there and hear the opposing coaches talk about Caledonia. When when someone says, you know, why did you know what happened after they lost forty six to seven, <laughs> after they were beating teams fifty to nothing and running clock and everybody coming in, right? Just the the, the coaches are almost kind of like deer in headlights, like they don't know what just happened. Yeah, over the shell shock. <laughs> but they, but I mean, they understand because they've watched them play over the years. They see what Caledonia goes out there and, and does. And at, what did the Painesville coach say? Made Caledonia better last year? Yeah, so the the question with basically was posed, uh, what makes uh, Caledonia, or Caledonia so tough to play? He said, you know, their arms, their shoulders, their hips, their legs, they're just, uh, they're a much bigger team than we are. And granted, he had more kids on the sideline, but the kids that Caledonia put on the field, 
uh, play after play, just dominated. Um, it's consistent when when these games end and, and people inevitably just ask any coach they play, you know, what's different about Caledonia? They all end up getting to the point of they just play a different game. Right. And they prepare so much. I, I would love to – I didn't even think to ask Coach Frichty when I was there about how much time they spend looking at film each week on yeah. average. But it has to be astronomical. Yeah, I mean, I, I know from covering their semifinal last year because it was against Painsville. It was a blowout early. It was – I remember uh, – Texting Jeff Brown, the editor here, saying when it was thirty-five nothing early in the second quarter, it's like I'm not writing a straight gamer because that's boring and who, yeah. we don't really need it. And that was the big thing I focused on talking to Carl Fricky and the players was that like they go into games and they're not surprised by what anybody like unless teams pull out trick plays or whatever ends up being like they aren't surprised by what teams want to do even when it's deception based. A lot of what Painesville did last year was trying to get jet motion that wasn't really like wasn't real wasn't actually part of the play or uh just different traps and things like that to confuse Caledonia's defense it just didn't work and mm-hmm. instead just we've studied all these film all this film you know guys come in during their lunch and spend an hour with coach Frickty or with you know yeah. a group of 10 or 12 of them <laughs> watching film it's just they're that dedicated to it and that's it shows up like yeah. that's that's the difference of maybe they would have a close game somewhere along this this path of destruction they've laid out but no it's just hey we were able to take care of business because we know what's happening yeah and I, I talked to Ryan Wagner a little bit he's a linebacker and asked him about the commitment level that it takes like a, we've said everything else it's just different but he said they're there because they want to work hard they know they have to work hard and they get they get pretty offended in Caledonia when you talk about how easy it is right. how easy it looks for them to do this it's not easy it's if you if you want to offend them on a, on a high level just ask them oh you guys just have to show up and you win that's they, they truly don't think that I'm, I'm they have a, a high level of confidence and there's there's no reason for them to to ever think going into a game that they can't win because they've done so well over the years but these are this the kids that are going through there are very committed to football, and we've seen they've, they've done this in almost every sport they're, they have, too. I mean, they've been to state in boys' basketball, girls' basketball, volleyball. Baseball. Uh, baseball now. Uh, I think softball was really good. I don't think they made it there, but their softball team was really good for, for a few years there not too long ago as well. Um, it, it's it's kind of just gone from football to, to other sports there, too. But when you look at football and the dominance, these guys, I don't know how much of it is they don't want to be the team to not go there and win or to not make it to state. I don't know if that's if that's in their heads at all. Uh, I just know they want to be the best they can be. And, and to a kid, anybody I've talked to over the years says they don't take their their accomplishments for granted and want to make sure that they can be that team to go there and just destroy somebody. Right. <laughs> you know that, that's had a really good season and, and really just kind of show people. That uh, you know, I don't want to say they're established because they're very established at this point. But I, I guess just to maybe convince those that maybe aren't uh, at this point, I, I can't imagine there's very many of those. Yeah, um, <clears throat> looking at some of the X's and O's here, last year against Painesville, their defensive goal clearly was get pressure up the middle. They would send linebackers. They would get two to three guys in the A gaps and just get as much pressure as they could up the middle. And I'm assuming their hope was get Noah King moving and at least 
cut off half the field for him. Now, what they didn't take into account was that he was incredibly accurate, super mobile, and... Oh, and you mean... Oh, Oh, and last season, uh, incredibly accurate, really mobile, and that didn't affect him all that much. He got moving, receivers came back to the ball, and they did whatever they wanted. But you could tell that that was the goal. It was like, let's at least make it so he only has half the field to work with. Mm -hmm. So now this season against Noah, who might even be a little bit better of a runner, or at least more physical of a runner than Owen last season... That's fair to say. Uh... If they try to do that again, I think he's more apt to just tuck the ball and get yards that way, where Owen last season was definitely, I'll scramble around, I'm athletic enough, I'll make guys miss, and then somebody's going to get open eventually for big chunk plays. So I, I'm really interested to see what Painesville decides to do because I can't imagine that they think that the best option is let Noah King run. No, and, and it's not just going to be him. I mean, Nick McCabe's had a, a big season, Jack Beardmore. They, they have so many options back there. To, to run the ball. It, they like to have a balance, but if they can't throw the ball, I don't think they're going to be too worried about it sure. just because of the options that they have. And they have they have speed and they have tough runners. Uh, McCabe and, and Noah are probably the more physical guys, but and Beardmore might be more of a speed guy. Uh, he, he's really quick, but <clears throat> you know, along with those guys, he, he doesn't mind taking hits, I don't think, either. Uh, he just might be the quickest once he gets that open field. But it, it will be interesting because now Painesville is going against a, a much different team than what it saw last year. And even though it's another dominant team, they're dominating in different ways. And Noah keeps getting better each game that goes by. Mm-hmm. The, the picks have disappeared that he had early in the season, maybe the first, I don't know, first four or five games or something like that. It seems like he at least had one pick sometimes too. And they've disappeared as, as uh, the game has maybe slowed down for him. I don't know. Now that he's getting regular playing time. Sure. Uh, and, you know, Painesville's coming to this game with a backup quarterback. <laughs> and yeah, we just learned not, that like yeah, probably half an hour before we not, came in to record. Yeah, that's not good uh, when you're going against this Caledonia defense. I think they're going to try to really get some pressure on him early to try and take him out of the game mentally, really kind of scramble what's in his head and yeah. and and try to get some confusion going that way. But uh, it's a, a bad, it's some bad luck for Painesville. You want to go into these things at full strength. Right. And they're not with this backup quarterback. So we'll, we'll see how Caledonia's defense reacts to that. Yeah, uh, to, to your point, Todd, this Caledonia defense has 23 combined turnovers in 11 games. Uh, they've got 10 interceptions and 13 fumble recoveries. So a uh, team that already does a good job turning you over, and then you go to a, an inexperienced quarterback. Yes. Uh, t- it's going to be a tough one for Painesville. And a um, team average, or they're giving up five points a game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, on top of all that, yeah. <laughs> they don't let you score, even if you do get a little bit of movement. So um, if you can't tell by our analysis, we, we do think Caledonia will be playing for another state championship. But uh, so, yeah. uh, to, to, the, to the point where overall point we're making is that uh, even when the chips look all on their side, they still show up and they still play the games they should. They don't have those letdown games. So. No, you're right. They, yeah, absolutely. They don't have the letdown games. and. And if anybody ever asks me if Caledonia is going to win a game, I'm going to say yes until somebody beats them. <laughs> I, it, it, it's it's hard to fathom that right now because I just went back and looked, and they was it over the last twelve years they've lost six games. Yep, I think that one fifty one and six something like that. Out of those six games, one of them was a one point game, two of them are three point games. <laughs> so and and I, there one they lost twenty one nothing, and that's the last loss they had. I was at that game, and they just kind of got outplayed that day. And if somebody comes and outplays them, 
Okay, you know, okay, but until I see that happen, I just have to think Caledonia is going to win this game because they're going to be ready. Right. Uh, just a couple of things to mention on their defense. Tate Miners leads the team, 69 tackles. Uh, Nick McKay right behind him. Two guys that are super important in the offense, too. So uh, guys are going to be on the field a lot up at U.S. Bank. And, and McKay, a finalist for Mr. Football. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't know that. Awesome. Yeah. So. Surprised, but he's, he's playing really well offensively and defensively, so. All right. All right. So, like I said, make sure you're following Todd on Twitter, Summerfell LAX on Twitter, um, and on Lacrosse Tribune. I uh, will have videos going up throughout the game. So, stuff that will be constantly plan. happening. So, yeah, assuming all the technology and everything like that works. <laughs> so, um, but moving on from that game a little bit, just want to take you inside the, the process that we go through for all Tribune football. So, now obviously, with we just got one area team playing uh, right now. We're in the process of getting information from coaches about team or players on their own team and more importantly I think uh, opposing players because yep. if you really want to know the, the truth about a player you, you ask their coach they've got relationship with that guy they know him you know in class and all of a sudden know his family talk to his parents or whatever ends up being they're, they're going to be a little bit nicer or maybe not point out some of the flaws an opposing coach that doesn't know him doesn't have those connections they're able to see the strengths and the flaws so when we talk about, the, the, especially the strengths with the opposing coaches, I feel like we get the, the nuts and bolts better than even if we talk to their own coach. Yeah, and that's, I've always, when I've done these teams, and I've been doing them since 2003, over here anyway in lacrosse, uh, I, I really put a lot of stock into what coaches say about kids not on their team. Um, if, if they say a kid's good, that means kid's good. They're not, I mean, they want to get as many guys as, as they can yeah, their own guys. You know, yeah, they, they, yeah, they want to get their guys on the team, but if they're talking big about somebody else, you you know it's legit. Otherwise, they wouldn't throw it out there. So I put a lot of stock in that, and we do send out um, requests from all the coaches to participate in this. They don't all participate, um, but uh, those who do um, have been really good. We we haven't had a lot just kind of skimp on it. Uh, they they take it seriously. I think it seems that way anyway. And that's why we take it seriously. So, you know, we're not just sitting here looking at the end of the year. Well, Caledonia won state, so let's pick their best player and their, and their coach for coach of the year. Uh, or Bangor won state, let's pick their best player, the best coach. Um, there are a lot of guys that, that didn't get too far in the playoffs that uh, are, are people that we're going to look at for player of the year just because of the way that they uh, dominated their games that they played in. Maybe it's during the regular season, maybe it's one playoff game, maybe it's two. Uh, and it's the, kind of the same with the, the coaches. You have to look at the big picture of what coach has accomplished. Um, you know, where does Coach Dow fall in that? Right. Sparta. <laughs> uh, you can, on one hand, you can say, you know, look how far he took this team, and they had a bunch of close losses, but you know, they were a 6-6 six six team, uh, which, yeah, which, which, which weighs out. Yeah, what weighs out more? Is, is it more impressive that he got them going in the playoffs? Um, or they they lost all those early games. What what's the more important aspect of things? Uh, Carl Frichty hasn't lost in years. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it'd be I, hard. It would be hard to like lose the argument if we just made Carl Frichty coach of the year every year. And yeah, if when exactly. we just said, hey, he didn't lose. Right. So he didn't lose. And he hasn't so. been. He hasn't been every year. <laughs> right. We've gone. Out to, Kevin Kravick jumped in one year at Bangor, and yes, it was the same staff. Uh, that just kind of flipped and just talking about Caledonia they've done that with Brent Schrader and, and Carl Frickie too uh, but but Bangor had a, a really good year I think considering the amount of talent that they lost from the state championship game last season right uh, I'm trying to think who else you know, Tony Service had a great year with Central 
uh, really we were anticipating a lot from that team and got it right. this year. Uh, Coach Kowalski won the MVC. And, yeah, and Andy Holston on Westby. Andy Holston, Westby. Uh, there's uh, who else? There's got to be yeah. more. Uh, Jason Theory at Prairie du Chien had a really good year this year so we had a lot of coaches have good years so that's going to be a tough choice and and player wise i think it might be even tougher <laughs> yeah and that's one of the things that in the next couple of weeks here once we once caledonia season ends uh we'll have a meeting with all of the tribune uh, sports staff and we'll really get into kind of how we want to rank guys out because there's a lot it's more than stats like yes. especially when you look at because because there are certain positions, quarterback or you know running back. A running back at Holman is going to have a lot more running rushing yards than a traditional running back that doesn't run the triple option. Yeah. You know, that's just we, yeah. we take these things into account and we kind of look at what, how important guys were to their team, what opposing coaches say about them, and not we don't always do this, but when it starts getting close between a few guys, we start thinking, okay, take player X off of their team. Mm-hmm. What happens to them? I know, and that it's, we did that a lot in basketball with the last few too. Um, I think that that's a useful exercise when you're getting close on some of your best players because if they're surrounded by a ton of talent, maybe you've got to consider the fact that if player X wasn't on another team they, and they crumble, how the, how much value they had to their team. Uh, you look at, and to me, I know we'll get into this in our meeting, but to me that has to do a lot also with did they play both ways. Uh, in I my too, opinion. Yeah. Uh, uh, and we will debate these out as we go along, but guys that play both ways and are good on both sides. Sell both ways, yeah. Yeah, and sell both ways are going to be close to the top of the list almost every year just because when you're on the field that much and making impacts, those are the guys that other coaches know the most, I feel like. And the the other thing, too, that and a lot of people, you mentioned the stat thing before, too. Um, When you're looking at that kind of stuff, okay, maybe you have a guy that had 10 interceptions this year. Uh, Yes, that's great. Great job by him. He 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 was got to the ball and made the big plays and and but you may have cornerbacks that maybe had one pick because nobody threw at him. Exactly. Yeah. Teams you know, just it, took it, that. He you, took that half of the field you, away. Yeah. You may you may have a defensive end that had twenty tackles all year because nobody ran his way and didn't have a chance at those tackles. And this guy had sixty. Well, that doesn't mean the guy with sixty is better than the twenty. Mm-hmm. It, it necessarily. It may be that way. So you have to try to dig through some of that, too, and, and try to find the right people. Right. You can't just sit there and say, all right, here's all our interception leaders. There's our defensive backfield. <laughs> you know, you, you got to see what coaches say about them and, and yeah. what we've seen on the field. That's where that context comes in, especially for players in that situation. That's a great example. I was going to bring up offensive line. It's tough when you're covering a game and there's all the other factors going on and we don't have the access to the film afterwards and don't have the time to break it all down for every team in the area. Uh, what offensive linemen really stood out to coaches and were really kind of linchpins on their line, those are the ones that we've got to trust the input that we get from coaches. Uh, we know some of them, obviously, we see uh, some of the games, but, I mean, uh, those are the types of players that when they don't have stats, when they don't have kind of those tangibles yeah. that we have to look at, okay, the impact that another coach saw on them or what their coach knows about them, uh, those things come into play a lot for those positions. Yeah, and that's takes time yeah exactly <laughs> so it'll be a little while before the team comes out um but we'll we'll do our best to get it in as quick as as possible we want to move on to winter as well uh once the caledonia football season is done here that's all we have left going on and we have some great basketball and some great wrestling to cover and and all that stuff so we want to this is one time a year where it's it's a mixed bag having this job because it's like you just want to finish off the fall but you want to make sure 
with the ultra-beam volleyball team, the ultra-beam football team, that you get them right. Right. And you have to take, it's a tedious process, and you have to take the time to, to try and get that right before you can move on. So it's always a fun package to put together. It's also a very difficult package to put together, especially if you don't get a whole lot of response from coaches. And, and we've had some so far. I'd like to see some more out of that just to, you know, get their, their input on this kind of thing because it's very important. Right. And, and I was going to say that just to kind of wrap it up here. We know how important it is because these are the type of things that players list out when they're getting recruited or, like, when they're talking about their career if they are trying to play college football. Like, I know from personal experience playing myself and then just seeing uh, the recruiting stuff when I was a player at Platteville, like, if guys were, you know, all Metro, all Tribune, all those type of things uh, for their local papers, because that's even bigger than just their conference. You're looking at the whole area. You, you look at Somebody that's MVC might not all MVC might not be on the All Tribune team because we've got all these other teams. So we do understand the importance of it and take it pretty seriously and yes. uh, making sure that we get the, the best ones that end up being forty players on the top two. Or yeah, no? yeah, it's, it's a, yeah, right about there. We I mean we get some utility players in there and it's it's not just bare bones, you know, eleven, eleven, and and then move on to the second team. It's we and and sometimes you'll find players. Maybe not at their primary position, and that's another reason we're trying to get the best players out there. You may say, "Why is that guy on there for punter when he was a great running back?" Well, he was a good punter too, and that's a way to get him uh, on the team. So you might see some people a little, you know, maybe at a secondary position or, or maybe at a position they didn't play quite as well. Uh, but we just want to have the right people on, the, especially on the first team, and so that might be one of the reasons. If you see something that looks out of place, that's why. Sure. All right, well, we'll wrap it up here. But make sure you're following Todd at SummerfallLX on Twitter, lacrossetribune.com for all your Caledonia semifinal coverage. And then if they do end up winning tomorrow, all of our stuff uh, going forward to a state championship game. But uh, for Todd, I'm Colton Bartholomew. We'll be back um, maybe tomorrow night or maybe Friday, Saturday, just figuring yeah, out. Something, what, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, whatever day works best to uh, <laughs> do a recap of that and maybe even preview their uh, title game if they get there. But we will be back soon. Thanks for listening.